If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM, let's create. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. this episode sure let's start right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ready sure, i'm sure we can use some of that as the opening hi welcome to it could happen here the podcast that is about medical ethics in the 1860s not today but fair yeah no to today today it's it's me christopher wong and we're doing an episode about inflation and sick oh speaking of medical ethics well speaking of kinks actually the moment I said that, I was like, mm-hmm. "I have opened myself up for oh a yeah. Real, yeah yeah that was some of the real broadside that was from some of the first weird inter- por- internet porn I came apart. It was specifically the cast of Ducktales being like inflated. <laughs> okay, let's get by... to the topic of the episode. <laughs> I think that's a, that is no, a... this episode <laughs> is now about Ducktales inflation pet fetish pornography. That is enough oh, uh, no. pre ramble, uh, Christopher. What do you have for us today? <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're talking about inflation. Um, we're talking about <laughs> economic inflation. Yeah, yeah, be, that one. To be yeah. fair, this is. I right, mean, somebody one. was making money off of that inflation. I'll tell you that much. Oh, God. 
Okay, I mean, okay. the one one thing Ducktales actually does cross over because of Scrooge McDuck mm-hmm, and his giant right. va- and his giant that's vault true. of money. And that, so it that actually is it does part tie of what's in. causing inflation. That's right. And I can tell you right now, that's not the only thing about him that was inflated. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> talking about his dick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's keep it uh, keep it on track. Okay. So, all right, all right. If people are inflation, it's not good. It's pretty high. It's. Mm-hmm. I probably should have looked up the inflation rate. Isn't it like eight percent? Some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it's. Although it it every, it keeps going. Eight point six. Yeah. Yeah, it's but every doing... time someone says it's this or it's that, people are like, "Well, no, but they also changed these these and these indicators yeah. five years ago, and these other ones ten years ago." So really, it would be this, and I have no yeah, way of there's... like judging who's so accurate about that. The, yeah. the, this this is the thing. I I didn't put this in the episode, but the, there's a thing that if if you study economics, you will realize pretty quickly is that. All of the like, basically, all of the econ statistics that we have are fucking bullshit, and are like, are basically like, they're 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 really really fake. Like, yeah, like we like we don't like one one of the big ones that you know is like one of the underlying things that makes all economics fake is that no one knows how to like actually calculate the value of of just like a factory. Like like if you have like a bundle of goods, right, and they're not the same thing. So I don't know. You have two factories that make different things. Actually figuring out what the value of that is is like fucking impossible, and the like the 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 the, the way that it's done in like if if you look at like uh like the, there are these like the UN produces statistical annals right, and the 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 values that are in the like the UN statistical annals are literally them guessing because because the thing is like the, the value depending on like the, the the actual value of the thing changes right depending on where it is on, on like a supply and demand curve blah 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 blah. And so they literally just tell the, the the people who are doing the econometrics to just like pick a re- pick a random like price that they that, that that they think is equilibrium. So it's it's completely bullshit. It's 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 bullshit like literally all the way down. It's nonsense. Like all of the indexes are wrong. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the 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 field of economics doesn't really care about this that much. So we're gonna have to sort of take them seriously, and. The the thing I specifically want to talk about today was th- there was a really interesting paper that was produced by two economists at the D.C. Federal Reserve, um, David Ratner and Jay Sim, about why inflation happens, which is called Who Killed the Phillips Curve, a murder mystery. And we're, we're talking about this for two reasons. One, uh, one because it's funny, because uh, what, what is going to happen over the course of this paper is that uh, the Federal Reserve has, Comrade Federal Reserve has discovered Marxism, and they are going to attempt to solve... <laughs> <laughs> mystery of inflation by by applying by, by by applying marks and the second thing the second reason i want to talk about this is that it reveals something that's very very important about the current political situation which is that both economists and like the rest of the ruling class in general do not understand what inflation is or what well they, don't, they sort of understand kind of understand what it is they don't know what causes it um and before we go on here i should like explain what inflation is because most people, I don't know, I, I, the, the, the way I got talked about this, I talked about, th- about this with Garrison like a, a few days ago about like, like the, the way people get taught about inflation is that inflation is when like your money is worth less. Yeah, when, when the government prints more money, so you t- each individual dollar is worth less because there's more of them circulating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this is like, this is, th- this is propaganda, <laughs> Um, that is not what inflation is. Inflation is literally just pr- when prices go up. And 
uh, if if you think about it, like okay, that that's kind of the same thing, sort of, because if prices go up, the, like your your you know your your dollars are worth less money, right? But mostly, inflation isn't about the amount of money becoming less. Mostly, it's about something happens and that makes things cost more. Um, and you know, and and, and like yeah, like the it it is possible for you to get inflation because the government printed too much money, but like well, and that these mostly are, are like symbiotic, right? Government will yeah, print yeah. more money because prices are going up so that people need more money in circulation to buy things. Um, and you saw this happen a lot with the COVID pandemic. Um, so it's, it's, it, the, both these things kind of feed off each other and contribute to this yeah, overall problem. Yeah, sort of. But, but I, I think something that's important to understand about this is that if, if you look into the actual econ stuff, like the supply of money, like how much money there is in the world has very, very little to do with inflation. It only really has yeah. affects inflation when you're dealing with like – I don't know, like 1930s, like 1920s Germany or like China after World War II, where just there's literally just like, you know, the government prints so much money that like, like my, my, I have my family has a bunch of stories about like literally carrying around baskets full of money in China to like buy a train ticket because. Yeah. This but like, like that's the stuff. shit everybody knows about Weimar Germany too, is like the wheelbarrows yeah. full of cash and stuff. Yeah. But this stuff, that's actually, it's really rare. And it's like the reason everyone knows about when it happens is that it's only happened, it, it, it's happened like four or five times. And mostly that's not that's not what why inflation happens. And if you look at inflation right now, for example, there's the prices of like a whole bunch of stuff from like food to like microprocessors are going up because A, it's harder to produce things because of COVID. B, our supply chains are collapsing. And C, because Russia invaded Ukraine and like absolutely annihilated an enormous portion of uh, the global food supply. And this that stuff causes prices to go up, right? Because now it's harder to make a thing. And because it's harder to make the thing, that thing costs more. And th- this has, you know, this has literally nothing to do with with the money supply, right? Like, it doesn't have anything Correct, to do yeah. with how much money there is in circulation. Um, and, and there's another reason that 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 we'll get into kind of at the end that inflation happens. That is not, also has nothing to do with money, which is that corporations uh, just do price markups because they know people will pay for it, and that's that's happening too. Um, but ha- having an explanation of like why inflation is happening is really, really politically important. Even, even if the explanation that you have is completely wrong, it, it, it allows you to do really powerful things politically. Um, like one of the ways that neoliberalism sort of took power is that in, 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 the, in the 70s and 80s, especially in sort of, sort of the, 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 the 70s in particular, both in academia and in sort of politics writ large, there's this problem where you have a bunch of these old Keynesian economists who are like Keynesians are like they're big on like using government spending to keep the economy running and like you get a lot of welfare programs. But yeah, it was like, OK, you can avoid crises by having the government do spending. But the problem is that like they couldn't explain why inflation was happening in the 70s. Um, and this was because the Keynesians are working, the Keynesians are working off something called the Phillips curve. And we have to do a little bit of econ bullshit, but it's. Not that complicated, I promise. Uh, I survived it, so it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> so the Phillips curve says that like the closer you get to full employment, and like the, the lower the unemployment rate gets, the higher inflation gets. And this this sort of really starts to kick in around from like five percent unemployment to like four percent to three percent unemployment. Uh, the the inflation rate like spikes. And you know the the reason this is supposed to happen is because the lower the lower uh, the unemployment rate is. Uh, wages start to rise because as, as there's less people who's unemployed, you have to pay them more money to get them to work. And yeah, so th- this is and and the the theory behind this right is that like w- wages increasing is what is what causes inflation to happen because it makes everything cost more. 
Now, there's a simple and obvious this is like this is a very simple and obvious solution to the to the problem of why like inflation happens. And uh, like all simple and obvious solutions, it is also wrong. Uh, the Phillips curve uh, does not explain inflation. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer everyone in the chat to uh, this tweet that I made, and I, I I I want you to look at Exhibit A, which is the Phillips curve, and then I want you to look at Exhibit B, which is I actually plotted unemployment versus inflation in the U.S. from like 1946 until 2021, and I I I I I I, I want to get a description of what the second graph looks like because it's supposed to look like a curve. Well, right. so the the first the first graph we have we have an an x i an x y graph of the Phillips curve starting at eight percent closer to the y axis and then swooping down and then flattening out at eight percent on the x axis for uh, the unemployment rate versus the inflation rate, and then for the next graph we have. Um, What's not a curve? Uh, <laughs> what is instead inflation and unemployment graphed, um, except it's zigzagging everywhere like dark sides omega beams. Um, it is not, in fact, doing a curve. <laughs> my, 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 my favorite thing about this is that, um, like, multiple, multiple, like, and this happens with both unemployment and inflation. Uh, there are multiple unemployment rates that are associated with different inflation rates. And multiple inflation rates that have, that that are all, that that generate two different rates of unemployment, it's it's incredible. It is, it is it is it is a it is an it is an absolute sort of monument to uh, how much this stuff doesn't work. There and, is a there is a really good reply to your graph tweet that says economists are the modern day court astrologers. It's basically true, <laughs> like <laughs> which is a funny way to look at. I mean, court well, astrologers though were probably right more often. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, like if it, you're it, simply guessing, is it a good idea to invade this country or not? 50-50 odds it works out for you, right? If you're if you're trying to predict like, I don't know, the S&P 500, there's a lot more variables. <laughs> yeah, and and this this is one of the things that like okay, if if you can be the person who like walks in to a lecture and goes the emperor has no clothes, you can like attain immediate ultimate power because again, this stuff is like so it's so it's so trivially and easily like falsifiable that like uh you know like Milton Friedman is able to do this. And you know, okay, so it, it, I should say about the Phillips curve. The, the Phillips curve that like I showed you that's like a curve is like a very simple one. There's all of these really convoluted like modifications to it. Um there's, you know, if you look at like the new the new Keynesian Phillips curve or whatever, they, they've done they've done a bunch of math to it to try to like make it kind of work. Um, the problem is that it doesn't work. Uh, th- there's there, there's a, there's another Phillips curve that's been that was like modified by the new by the neoclassical economists, and the neoclassical economists were like, this thing doesn't work. Okay, here's some modifications you have to put in, but that curve also doesn't work. Uh, and you know, and this is a real problem, right? Because, okay, so if 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 this infl- explanation of why inflation happens doesn't work, like what what is actually happening? Um, Milton Friedman, who sort of like takes the the economic scene by storm by like predicting a lot of the inflation in the seventies and like sort of having an answer to it, is his his argument is that uh, inflation is they they print too much money and there's inflation, and this is kind of a gross oversimplification of of what his actual point is, but it's 
it's it's it's more true than any of like Friedman's oversimplifications. So I'm I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at that. And th- this is what the Federal Reserve and like Paul Volcker used to try to, inf- to try to fight inflation in 1979. Uh, he what Volcker does is he just tries to massively reduce the money supply. The problem is that this didn't work. Like in- inflation, in- like inflation is still like above 10 percent. I think it spikes to like like 15 percent or something like in- into like 1984. So. And, and, and just th- based on how much larger Huey, Dewey and Louie got, sometimes two or three hundred percent. <laughs> do you know who else wants to... mm. oh boy I... <laughs> that's right Garrison all of our sponsors are into DuckTales inflation fetish pornography oh, this no. is It Could Happen Here a podcast sponsored by the concept of masturbating to the cast of DuckTales getting inflated by bicycle pumps Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. 
the hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. High Five Casino. Oh, we're back. Well, I've done my part. Yeah. So okay. So so we're, we're left off, right? There's there's a bunch of inflation happening. Uh, some of it is happening to Ducktales characters. Most of it is happening to the economy. Uh, Paul Volcker has tried to stop the inflation by like making there be less money, and this has done nothing other than like dramatically increase the unemployment rate. Now, the problem with, again, Friedman's sort of explanation of, of, of inflation is that inflation persists into the 80s, and it only stops after, insert foreshadowing noise here, uh, Reagan crushes the unions. And so uh, we, we will come back to that. what you're saying is to solve inflation, we should stop all unions. That is your official position. In, no. Wow. Okay. Canceled. But this this is this is part of the position of the federal of, of the the Marxist Federal Reserve. So we will we will get there in a second. So all right, all right. So so the, the thing I've been describing that that Freeman is pushing about the money supply. This is called monetarism, and monetarism is like the fakest theory of inflation. Like it's it's a, it's a theory of inflation so fake that like even other like even other like neoclassical economists don't accept it. Like none of the other different neoliberal schools of economics. Like every single one of them looked at this and was like, this is nonsense. Like what? What are you doing? But you know, so okay, so the, the, so the, it's like it's like the TikTok astrology compared to the neoliberal court astrology. Yeah, it, it's right. it's it's all it's like it's 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 somehow an even faker explanation of this. But you know, the is this this brings us back to like where we started, which is that like okay, so if the monetarist stuff doesn't work and the Phillips curve also doesn't work, uh, what is causing inflation? <laughs> And the answer from inside of the like the actual field of economics is that nobody knows. Um, here's uh, Daniel K. Turalo, who was the former federal who was a, a former federal uh, Reserve Bank governor and was the, a member of the Federal Reserve Board. Uh, so he, he's a he's a very very high ranking like guy inside the sphere of people who try to apply econ shit. And uh, here's here's a quote that he gave about it in 2017. Quote: "The the substantive point is that we do not." at present, have a theory of inflation dynamics that works sufficiently well to be of use for the business of real-time monetary policy making. So what what he's saying there is, like, if you translate that out of econ speak, and you don't even really have to translate that out of econ speak much, what he's saying is that he no one has any idea why inflation works, none of the models work well enough to let you, like, try to deal with inflation if you're, you know, the people who control the money supply, like the Fed. Now, Economists, like we, we've seen in the past, if, if you've been following this stuff in the past like 10 years-ish, especially in the last five, economists have been getting like increasingly desperate to explain what the fuck is happening. And they're getting increasingly, increasingly desperate right now because, you know, hey, inflation's back. And that, that brings us to the paper I mentioned at the top of the episode, which is uh, uh, who, who Killed the Phillips Curve, A Murder Mystery, which opens talking about two sort of massive recent failures of the like new Keynesian, we fixed we, we, we added variables to the Phillips curve until it, like, sort of kind of works-ish, maybe. But, you know, one of the things they're talking about two of its sort of, like, incredibly massive failures. Uh, the first is in 2008, where there's, you know, hmm, there's a recession. What? Oh, really? What happened economically yeah, in 2008? Yeah. 2008, there's a recession. But what's interesting about this, right, is that, okay, so if you think about this, like, there's an inflation, there's, there's a recession, unemployment skyrockets. This should cause deflation. 
Well, you know, because you, you know what else happened in 2008? The official DuckTales video game came out. So I think oh, wow. this could. We are, we are through the looking glass, people. <laughs> You know, I mean, th- this 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 is not any more bullshit than any of the other stuff they're doing. So, like, <laughs> but you know, okay, the, the, but the, there's there's this there's this thing that happens where, like, okay, the the like the inflation the, the inflation rate should have been decreasing, and it just stays the same. And economists are like, what? And this is this is called the, the missing deflationary period. There's there's a second thing where during during the sort of like quote unquote economic recovery in the last like ten years ish, I. Uh, until basically until before the pandemic employment rates dropped really really low and this should have started this should have triggered inflation but it doesn't and you know okay and so the the the, the people who run the phillips group like the economists are looking at this and they're like okay what do we do and the fed economist solution is again and i shit you not marxism and more specifically the solution is neo-marxism um, Neo-Marxism. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is this is something else I'm sort of excited about, which is that I, I finally get to tell the world what a neo-Marxist is because this is technically a thing. It's just that none of the people who talk about neo-Marxists have any idea what it is. Postmodern neo-Marxism. Yes. Actually, weirdly, well, I mean, I guess you could have. Okay. I, what, what, once we explain it, I will. I will talk about how you could theoretically have a postmodern neo-Marxist, but I don't think I've ever met Whoa. one. Whoa! How welcome, welcome. Wait, I contradictory terms. Okay, okay. I'm so, excited, so I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, what 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 is happening here is that there, there's an old joke in Marxist circles that like the most advanced bourgeois economist is 50 years behind the most vulgar Marxist, and uh, this is this coming true. Uh, the the Federal Reserve economists are developing. They're trying to make a new Phillips curve, and the new Phillips curve is what they call a Kaleckian Phillips curve, um, because it's based <laughs> hey, for hey guys. New curve just dropped. Yeah, it literally is. Except this is this is this is this is this is the neo Marxist curve, and it, it's based on the works. It's kind of loosely based on him, but it's based on the work of a, a Polish Marxist economist named Mikhail Kalecki. And Kalecki is a he's a very, very weird Marxist, like by Marxist standards is extremely weird. And to explain why this is, we, we, we have to we have to speed. We're going to have to speed run Marxism 101. So I'm going to attempt to explain Marxism in one page. All right. Let's. Let, OK, let's, OK. Mar- let's Mar- Marxism 101. Right. You have a worker. She has to go find a job and sell her labor to like get food to eat because otherwise she can't support herself. Um, so she goes to work in a factory that makes like hospital stretchers. Now, under capitalism, and this is this is this is this is well, the thing I'm explaining. This is this is like the this is the orthodox Marxist interpretation. So uh, the people who are about to scream at me for a million years about how this is wrong, I'm, I'm explaining the orthodox position. Damn it! Uh, You're this not isn't explaining my position, Presbyterian not Marxism. Here. Yeah, no. It, okay. Just, no. Just, yeah. <laughs> Chris, quick question: What, 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 what was Marx? So Marx was a experiment, a psychological experiment run by the <laughs> by Harvard University that was okay. uh, concluded in, in <laughs> But he wrote he wrote a bunch of books, and one of those books is Capital, and and in, in Capital, he, so okay, so you you have you have your worker right, and she 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 works to make hospital stretchers, and the thing that makes the hospital stretcher have value is the amount of time that it takes a worker to make it. So on, on, under, on, under this, this sort of understanding of, of what Marxism is, value is just labor time, right? The, the value of an object is how many hours of work it takes to make a thing. Now, this labor time or, you know, like, again, like how, how long it takes to make the thing, uh, the, the value of it, it, it isn't measured by like how long it takes to make like an individual cot, right? It's measured by like how long, on average, it takes society to make 
So, you know, for example, like you say, this is in Finland, right? It's based on how long on average it takes to make a hospital stretcher in Finland, not like, you know, how long it takes to make in like Bolivia or something. Um, and this, this is the, the technical term for the, for like this thing is, is socially necessary labor time. Um, so our worker like works for through her day and after six hours, she's produced enough value to support herself. She can buy food, she can pay her rent, she can like, I don't know, maybe buy a car or something. But she still has to work two more hours of the day. And during that time, the labor that she's doing just goes to the boss. And th- th- this, is called, this is called surplus value. Like the, the amount of time that you're working where you're working for the boss and not to like support yourself. Uh, this, this, this is called surplus value. It is the objective root of exploitation in Marxism. Uh, yeah, and it's, 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 it's value that goes directly to your boss that... And the, 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 the reason that, like, your boss can just steal this from you is because they have the factor and you don't. And so if you want to produce something for them to survive, you have to go to him. And th- this, is, this is called the ownership of the means of production. Now, the, the, the price, in theory, of, of this hospital structure, right, is based on value, on its value, or how many hours it takes to produce it. Um, and how, how precisely you get from dollars as a unit of measurement, from, uh, two dollars from time, is a subject of an absolutely interminable debate called the transformation problem. Uh, if you want to go read more about it, I have wasted probably four years of my life reading about it. Uh, I don't recommend it, but the answer is you can sort of kind of get it to work if you fuck with the numbers a lot. Uh, but it's if you do, it's unclear if they mean anything. You can also bypass it entirely by arguing that it only works on the level of the entire world economy, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Uh, if you do care about this, uh, don't yell at me. Go read chapter six of... Uh, Bickler and Nietzsche's Capitalist Power, Paul Maddox's Theory is Critique, Fred Mosley's uh, Money in Totality, and Kilman and McGlure's uh, uh, Temporal Single System Interpretation of Marx's Theory of Value, uh, Marx's Value Theory. And, and then yeah, okay. Google DuckTales Go Big. Uh, gen- genuinely, and then genuinely. send all of that, all of your notes on both the the the, the texts and the DuckTales, send all that to I Write OK on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and they Please. will get back to you. Please, you 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 will Tag probably Sophie come out too. of like you will come out of the Duckkill stuff like more sane than you will doing the Marxism stuff. So yeah, but I I've I've now covered my bases. Uh, this this is this is Orthodox Marxism, which is the stuff we've been talking about is based on another. There's another assumption here that's important, kind of technically, which is that like so Orthodox Marxists assume that like so you have a bunch of sectors of the economy, right? There are people who like make different stuff. Yeah, and the assumption people who do who who make hospital gurneys, people who do more important work like make podcasts. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and and everything in between. And the assumption is that okay, so you have a person who makes like podcasts, right? And they, and, and the other the people who make hospital structures figured out that making podcasts is more profitable than making hospital structures. So they start moving all their capital into making podcasts, but then uh, because there's too many podcasts, the, the the rate of profit goes down and eventually like eventually the the, the rate of profit across all sectors is supposed to equalize. Yes. Yeah. So, and and this means that like, and the combination of this and competition means that price is supposed to tend towards value, or like the the, the, the how much something costs in money is supposed to tend towards the labor time socially necessary to produce the commodity in a given place. Um, this this is like the basic thesis of like what you call orthodox Marxist like orthodox yes. Marxist political economy, probably the or Marxian political economy, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, now. In in starting in about the 1920s, there was a new Marxism. This is called neo-Marxism. Uh, neo-Marxism's basic 
like now, thesis. I think I heard about that from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. All right. Now, now, now we're, we're, we're going to get the inside scoop on, on neo-Marxism. So neo-Marxism, the, their basic thesis is like, what if profit rates don't equalize across, like between, between different parts of the economy that make things? And, you know, and, and because they don't do that, what, what, if, what if you don't get competition because instead of people being able to just freely move capital between like sectors, what if you have monopolies? And if you have monopolies, in, in, instead of sort of price being like a f- price is just value, blah, 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 because everyone can keep moving their money around. Price is now a, it, price. Price is now derived from the power of, of a corporation. Because if, if you know, if, 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 you, if you are a powerful enough corporation to like have a monopoly and stop anyone else from producing the thing that you do, now you can now you can charge what are called markups. And th- this is where Mikhail Kalecki like enters from stage left. Um, Kalecki. Like. He probably should have been the father father of like modern macroeconomics in the sense that like he invents a bunch of the shit that like Keynes does before Keynes did. But the problem is that uh, he's writing a lot of this in Polish, and so the the sort of like anglophone like economists are not reading it because he's in Poland and he's a Marxist and he's writing in Polish circles. But he he invents a bunch of the stuff that like Keynes invents slightly earlier, and he starts like looking at like monopoly and oligarchy theory and he starts trying to apply it to marxism and what you know his conclusion is that monopolies are powerful enough that they can charge these markups which is just like additional price increase over like what the like value determined price is supposed to be because they could prevent anyone else from selling the thing and then you know one if what, what once you have a monopoly in the market you can force people to just like fucking suck it up and pay it because they can't get it from anywhere else and this is actually this is like pretty similar in some ways to like the bourgeois economic like theory of how this stuff works, which is like okay, yeah, in in bourgeois economics, like monopolies can increase the price over where they're supposed to be in a perfectly competitive market because they have power, blah 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 blah. But there's something very different in in Kalecki's work that is not in the normal bourgeois stuff, which is that what what he argues is that trade unions. Okay, so you you have a trade union, right? It 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 they, they represent the workers who work at a company. And these the, these trade unions are fighting over over the product of the markup, and this keeps the size of markups or these sort of like these price increases that monopolies are doing down, because the larger the markup that these companies apply, the more incentive there are there is for unions to sort of like fight for pay increases, right? Because okay, well the 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 the, the more expensive the goods are, the more money there like very clearly is on hand, and so the larger the demands uh, you get from organized labor. And this is the insight that Who Killed the Phillips Curve, uh, the paper I was talking about, jumps on, that unions fight over markups and thus that the strength of unions is part of what helps determine inflation. And they point out that, you know, unions want lower prices and for, for goods. And the reason they want lower prices for goods is that the higher the price is of something, right, the less people buy of it. And the, 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 the less people like buy of the thing, the less has to be produced. And that means that there's less people being employed. And so if you're a union, you want like the most number of people being employed as you can. And so that means that means that you want you want prices to be low because. Yeah, that because because lower prices means more of the more of the good being produced, more of the good being produced means more jobs. And th- this is where we get to sort of the fundamental assumption behind the the. the the, the the regular Phillips curve, and this is also true for this sort of like new like pseudo neo Marxist one, right? Um, their assumption is that inflation is driven by rising wages, 
And, you know, even though the unions are trying to sort of like reduce the markup and like and reduce markups, reduce prices to increase the number of workers, firms are trying to increase prices so they can make back the money they're paying out in wages. Now, when, when unemployment is like high, this doesn't matter because wages still don't rise very fast because there's, you know, there's this enormous pool of people who are incredibly desperate for jobs and you can pay them sort of like nothing and they'll, they'll come work for you because the alternative is, you know, starving or getting evicted. But when, when unemployment is low, the bargaining power of workers increases. And that's, that, that's, that's where the class war starts. Yeah. I mean, this, you, you see this in uh, 1941 with the screen cartoonists strike that Scrooge McDuck brutally cracked down on um, and eventually had to cede, cede ground to the guild. But Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck was, was brutal during, during this time period post the 30s rise of unions. That's right, Garrison, and that's a big part of why Huey, Dewey, and Louie had to track him down in his money room and stick a bicycle pump into his mouth while he was sleeping and begin to inflate him largely while touching themselves. Critical support to Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Oh, boy. So, as as with, I, I I I don't even know how to transition that. I, I got nothing. I, I can't do it. Nobody, nobody does. I mean, really, the main thing is that the concentration of wealth in the hands of a small number of individuals will inevitably lead to inflation, which is true. And and th- this is one of the things that um that 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 the economists are sort of are talking about here, which is that like, okay, so once once you get an actual sort of once you, once you get like a a real class war going on, right? Where you're you're getting a class war to the extent that like the bargaining power of workers and the bargaining power of of like capitalist firms are essentially are like very close to being equal. Um, you get inflation. Now, what, what's interesting about this is that when you have strong unions, like when you have strong unions, you get high rates of inflation during periods of sort of inflation shocks, right? Because the unions are sort of like propping up wages in this theory. But, and this is the interesting part, right? You get way lower rates of unemployment. And so, so, so okay, but I, let's just step back for a second. So what's happening here is, right, if you, have, if you have strong unions and there's something else in the supply chain that increases costs, say, to, 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 to pick a completely random example that never happened, uh, say, for example, you're in the 1970s and the price of oil has quadrupled in one year, and that increases the price of everything. Yes. Now, when 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 you have Fictional, strong unions, but, but, but relatable, yeah, uh, this this never happened. Uh, don't Google the oil shocks. Actually, literally, don't Google the oil shocks because almost everything written online about the oil shocks is a lie. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've talked about that before on the neoliberalism episode. But yeah, it's it's all a lie. But but basically, like one one of the what you know, okay, what 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 happens here is if if you if you have strong unions, you get a bunch of inflation, but people don't get fired, and. When when corporations are strong and you don't have unions, uh, you know you get these shocks and the inflation rate is much lower. But everyone gets fired. The unemployment rate goes up to like ten percent. Uh, it's you know it's an absolute disaster. So that's that's one thing to note about about the way the sort of the Phillips curve, the the sort of Marxian Phillips curve, like analyzes the situation, right? But th- there, there's another consequence here, which comes back to like what inflation is under a Phillips curve, right? In- inflation in a Phillips curve is literally just wage increases, right? So when, when union power is weak, inflation stops. But like, what does this actually mean? What it means is that uh, wages aren't growing. Sure, sure aren't. Yeah, and, and, and this brings us back to like the sort of weirdness we saw in the, in the earlier part of the episode right, right after 2008, right? Where there should have been deflation because the unemployment rate was really high. And also like during the recovery period where uninflation rates are, uh, unemployment rates are super low, but 
and there should have been inflation, but there wasn't. And the answer is why why wasn't there inflation? It's well, okay, because no one had a union, and so uh, everyone's wages just stayed the same the whole time. I have another explanation for this. Um, when I previously when I previously said the Ducktales game came out in two thousand eight, I was actually incorrect. Um, oh. 2008 was when Nintendo Power listed the DuckTales game as the 13th best Nintendo Entertainment System game. Ah. Um, it, was, it, was, it was voted that in 2008. Now, it's important that 13 is a very unlucky number. So by voting the DuckTales game the, the 13th best game from the NES in 2008, in, in, they could have basically caused a psychic rift in the fabric of the universe, creating the financial crash. That, that's um, fascinating, Garrison, because I was 13 in 2001 when I came across that Angel Fire website with home-drawn uh, DuckTales <laughs> inflation pornography. Which Wait, is, so this caused 9-11? I think in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, that it's makes all connected. sense. <laughs> you know who else may have been a contributing factor to 9-11? The products and services that support this podcast? I think that's so. That's right, that's right. We do not accept a sponsor unless... It gets the explicit sign-off of the king of Saudi Arabia, um, who, if you'll remember, did 9-11. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride!
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. All right, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not getting, I, I, I am not getting paid enough to properly transition this, so I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> so it, it turns out that, yeah. So the reason there wasn't been inflation is that uh, there's no unions, and because we don't have unions, our wages all suck, and uh, this means that you know wages, wages are stagnant and low, and it means that they're not a drive. The unions aren't a driver of inflation, and also low wages aren't a driver of inflation because they, you know, like unions aren't around to increase wages. Now, meanwhile, the, the other thing that this suggests is that monetary policy and you, you, they, okay, I, I think their, uh, their exact analysis was like, I think like 84% of like inflation shocks can be explained by looking at like union density. Um, and, and, but this also means that meanwhile, like monetary policy, like how much money there is like in the economy has like basically no role in inflation whatsoever. Uh, and, and th- th- this is, you know, okay, so like, like this has all been sort of one perspective from some economists at the Federal Reserve. And we can ask the question, like, why does this matter, right? Like, why, 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 why does like sort of one like group of people at the Fed, like their response to this matters? And partly it matters because it's, again, extremely funny to watch the Federal Reserve turning to neo-Marxists to like try to explain why inflation happens. But it, it also matters because theories of inflation dictate inflation policy. Um, Jerome Powell, who's the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, was had a press conference on May 4th. And it, it's too long to play the whole thing, but he, he, he has this speech and he lays out a few things that are interesting. So he, he talks about a bunch of stuff that's causing inflation, right? Production bottlenecks, increasing crude oil prices, increasing commodity prices from like Russia's invasion of Ukraine, all these lockdowns in China, they're keeping factories like closed. And like, yeah, okay, th- those are all like reasonable things that cause inflation. But then when you get to like what the Fed is actually going to do, he starts talking about how the job market is too good for workers right now and unemployment is too low and that's what's driving wages up. So his plan is he's going to tinker around with monetary policy to uh, reduce wages and decrease the demand for jobs. And this brings us back to like two things. The first part is just the class war part of inflation, right? Prices are rising right now because someone inside, like prices are rising right now and someone inside, if, if you want them to not to like, cease to continue rising somewhat some part of like the company is going to have to take a hit to like their their, their percentage of like the the sort of the markup right like their their percentage of like the, the price increases that corporations do above like cost and okay so someone has to do this and the federal reserve like absolutely wants to make sure that the person paying for that is you the worker and th- the second part is something you might have picked up on if you're paying close attention. And this has been something that's been true of of both like the Fed chairman and the, the Fed economists do this too, which is they, they do this when they talk about inflation, they do this kind of two step, right? They talk about a shock or something that causes prices to increase, like, you know, a bunch of Ukrainian wheat, like suddenly being unharvestable because the Russian army is squatting on it or like Chinese factories shutting down, reduces the amount of wheat or price of electronics or sorry, reduces the amount of wheat or the amount of electronics being produced that drives up prices, right? They talk about like there's an inflationary shock. And then they start talking, and instead of talking about that anymore, they start talking about unemployment levels in the job market and monetary policy being what drives inflation. And and I think this is a, this is a very like important piece of ideology because if you look at what's going on here, right? 
And if, if, you know, if you go back to the 70s, it's not like inflation in the 70s is not the union's fault. Like, the, you know, the, the, the inflation in the 70s was bec- like in, in large part, the original price increases were because the price of oil quadrupled in one year. But, you know, the, but the, the Fed instead focuses on wage increases is what drives inflation, even if they're sort of like using like Marxists to do it. And what they're doing here is shifting the focus from the actual shock that is like the thing, the immediate thing that is increasing prices. And they're shifting the focus from the shock to the people who are reacting to it. And from there, the question stops being about like dealing with the shock itself and starts being about who's going to pay for these price increases. And in the 1980s, like Reagan's Reagan's solution to this is, well, okay, he's just going to make organized labor pay for it. And so he just annihilates, he annihilates the unions. He, he uses the state to do it, just crushes the unions completely. And price increases, you know, prices stop increasing, right? And they stop increasing because the production costs of all of these goods like decrease because uh, workers are no longer getting paid and they lose all their benefits. But this is the thing. They never dealt with the actual source of the problem, right? Oil prices are still really high to this day and we never transitioned off of oil. And to, to, to look at sort of that problem, I, I want to briefly look at another theory of inflation, which is one presented by Steve Mann, who I think we've actually had on the show before. He's one of the people at Strange Matters and he wrote, he wrote this article called Notes Towards a Theory of Inflation which is based on the work of a heterodox economist named Frederick Lee, who is, he's a cool guy. All of his stuff is like completely out there from, econ, from an econ perspective, but it, it makes more sense than most regular econ stuff. So the sort of like founding observation of like that, like Frederick Lee's basing his stuff on is that like, okay, prices are not set by like an abstract market, right? The price of something in a grocery store is set by a guy. Like there, there, there is a specific guy, or there are like several specific guys whose job it is to set the prices for the firm. Um, th- this, this, this theory of like, well, it's not even a theory. Like the the fact that this is how prices are formed by just a guy who sits there with a notebook or like a computer is this is what the price is going to be. This is called administered prices, and Lee like very convincingly argues that like this is how firm, this is how both large and small firms actually set their prices, right? A guy calculates his expenses, he adds a markup, and he sets the price. Now, Steve Mann argues that these prices don't generally tend to increase naturally because the price setters don't generally want to just increase the price randomly. Because if you, if you increase the price randomly, you will piss off your customers, and the customers, you know, okay, they'll, they'll tolerate like some small increases. But if, if you raise the price enough, they lose your goodwill towards your brand, and they'll like they'll go off and try to find another brand. And this is disastrous because even if you reduce the prices back down again, like the goodwill's lost and that sort of like, you know, the sort of like happy association that like you have in your brain between like, I don't know, like Nestle chocolate or something or like whatever brand of thing you're buying, like you get pissed off at them because the price is now like way higher. So, you know, you don't go back to the same like grocery store because they've increased their prices. Now, obviously this is like, there's like, this is subject to constraints, right? Like if, if you need insulin and the monopoly that controls insulin production just jacks the price, uh, you're screwed. Right. There's no sort of like there, there's no other place you can get insulin unless you're going to try to make it. So your, your, your solutions are you either try to ration it and you die or you pay for the price increases. And this this is bad and it does happen, but most goods aren't like this. And so price increases, when they happen, tend to be small and fairly infrequent. Unless. Unless the person and the, 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 the reason this doesn't this wouldn't happen is if the person setting the price has no choice. And the main reason that if you're a person setting a price that you would have no choice to, but to increase like the price that, 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 that you're setting, the main reason you would do this is because something happened to your supply chain. Um, 
I don't I don't know if y'all seen it. There, there, there was a TikTok going around from a farmer in Iowa who was talking about like why why food prices are going to keep increasing. The woman, honestly, I bless her heart, honestly thinks that food prices are not going to go up. She thinks that this is the highest they're going to go. I tried to explain to her that that was not the case, that they are absolutely going to go up even more. Um, and I told her there are things that like we have to buy. There's something we had to buy that two years ago cost us $24. Last year was about 46 This year it is costing us $96. Okay. Local farmer, 50 head of cattle. It's costing him $8,000 a month to feed them. Please understand, food prices are going to go up. Yeah, and so and so you can see here what's happening is that like at some point down the supply chain, prices are increasing either because of like climate change or because of the war in Ukraine, because of COVID, because of like any thousand sort of other factors. And eventually the like the, the farmers who are setting the prices, right, they have to increase their prices because they don't have they don't have a choice, right? Because because the each each, each person further yeah, back in the supply doing line it as a charity, right? Like they have to be able to pay a bunch of shit bills. Yeah, and and this this sort of you know this is the uh, Steve calls it like the, he calls it the the supply chain theory of inflation, right? And you know in in this model, like this is what's causing inflation, right? E- each person successively down the line has to has to increase their markup because they have to cover their they have to cover the the new the newly increased production costs. And this is important because unlike most models of inflation, inflation isn't being caused by like some kind of like giant macroeconomic thing. Like it's not being caused by like unemployment or like monetary policy, but it's being caused by very, very specific microeconomic forces. There, there, you know, there, there are literally specific people who, as a reaction to a specific thing happening that makes production harder, are increasing their prices. And this is a very different sort of, you know, th- this is a very, very different theory of inflation than like any of the like 17 mainstream ones, all of which are bad in various ways. And yeah, and there's there's one other thing I want to mention, though, that kind of isn't talked about in this model that is absolutely happening right now. And that's um, and then something that is really one of the drivers of inflation, which is that uh, corporations are raising prices because they think they can get away with it and they're just pocketing the costs. And, and this isn't this isn't like a, a sort of speculative thing. Uh, companies, when you ask them about it, are very, very open about it. Uh, here, here's from a Business Insider uh, uh, article. What we are very good at is pricing, Colgate Palmolive Oil CEO Noah Wallace said. Whether it's foreign exchange inflation or raw and packing material inflation, we have found ways over time to recover that in our margin line. We've been we've been very comfortable with our ability to pass on the increases that we've seen at this point, said uh, Kroger CFO Gary Millerchip in October. And we would expect that to continue to be the case. And uh, here, here's from the, here's from the Wall Street Journal, where more people talk about doing this. We have not seen any material reaction from consumers, Procter and Gamble finance chief Andre Schulten said last week, referring to a string of price increases that went into effect in September. So that makes us feel good about our relative position. Now, th- th- those two articles, like just those two articles alone, talk about prices raising, like talk about companies that are just raising prices because they know consumers will pay for it because they think there's inflation happening. And those companies, just from those two articles alone, include Procter & Gamble, Nestle, Verizon, Unilever, Colgate, Palmolive Oil, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, uh, Gillette, Chipotle, AT&T, Verizon, uh, Kimberly-Clark Corp, Clorox, Reynolds, Kroger's, and Albertson. And like that, that's, that's just like the corporations in the article that are like specifically named as talking about having done this, right? And they can get away with this because norm- normally, right, price increases would piss people off. And they go go free for brands. But if pr- if prices across the board are already increasing, 
uh, you can you can just like do basically like a, a price gouge increase, and you can do an, you can increase your markup, and it doesn't it doesn't affect your goodwill because people just assume that inflation's already happening, and that inflation happens sort of naturally, is either because the wage like wages are too high, there's too much money in circulation, so oh there's just like inflation happening, and it's this like abstract thing. Instead of what is actually happening, which there are very specific like there are individual people with with names and addresses who specifically increase the price in order to screw you, and that that that's that's what's actually at stake here in having an explanation for why inflation happens. It tells you who to blame for it. Like right now, Larry Summers, who's the former Treasury Secretary, who was responsible for, I, arguably responsible for two thousand, directly responsible for two thousand eight. Uh, one of the people who completely annihilated the entire Russian economy in the nineties. Uh, he is has apparently been on the phone with Joe Biden, and he is going around saying that. In order to solve inflation, we have to cut wages and raise the unemployment rate to 5%, like for five years, like on average 5% for five years. And so this means either you have 5% of, of 5%, five years of 5% inflation, two years of inflation at 7.5% or like one year of 10% unemployment. And again, unemployment right now is at like 3%. So he's talking about millions, potentially tens of millions of people losing their jobs in, 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 order, to, in order to solve inflation because summers... Again, Summers is going back on the, the sort of Phillips model shit, right? Where inflation is caused by, you know, it, it doesn't even matter like what's actually causing the inflation, which is a bunch of a combination of price gouging and like uh, supply chain disruptions, right? He's going okay. Who his theory isn't about what is causing the inflation. His theory is about who's going to pay for it, and his solution is fuck you. You are going to pay for it. You are going to pay for both the price increases, which the prices won't fucking come back down. That's the other part of this, right? Once once you get inflation, once the prices rise, they're sticky. They don't fucking fall. And what he's saying is, yeah, fuck you. You are going to pay for it. You're going to continue to pay these prices. Uh, you're also going to pay for it by uh, reducing your wages. You're going to pay for it by getting fired. And, you know, and th this is this is sort of the choice that we have, right? It's either we let the ruling class tell exactly the same stories about why inflation happens. They've been telling 50 years that they know are wrong, that they, that they know are so wrong they are desperate enough to turn to fucking Marxism to try to find explanations for it. Or we find it, we find a new like explanation of why fucking inflation happens, and we go back, we take the stuff that they've stolen from us, and then we expropriate the bastards so they don't do it again. And that is that 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 is what I have to say about inflation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, what what we need to do is if we organize <laughs> as a people, and as a people become the vacuum tube that we need to shove down the esophagus of Summers and other members of the ruling class in order to inflate their organs so that their asshole widens and we can collectively fuck them until they deflate. Is that more or less accurate, Chris, would you say? Economically? Sure. I mean, you know, this, this is the, okay. I, I would say like this, this is the thing. This is the thing about having an explanation for why inflation happens, right? It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Uh, you if, as as long as long as you have a compelling enough explanation for inflation to cause people to do something, you can you can. I mean, you know, and this this is one of the things. For example, uh, like this is one of the the things that caused Tiananmen to happen, is that there was skyrocketing inflation, and the like workers had an explanation of inflation. It wasn't right. Like, yeah. I mean, they, their explanation for inflation had to do with like the the like. China was taking in a bunch of loans and the CCP was spending all their money on sports cars. And it's like, eh, it's, it's kind of marginal whether it was like true or not, but it doesn't matter, right? Infl infl inflation could be caused by the fact that we haven't fucking inflated uh, 
Yeah, we haven't inflated Huge McDuck enough. Right. On on that point, and this is this is this is one hundred percent true. You can look this up online. Um, so the original DuckTales game from 1989 was remastered <laughs> in 2013, and it was, re- it was released on August 13th, 2013, the remaster of the DuckTales game, 1313, both unlucky numbers. I think that could have just as, just as much to do with our current economic problem around inflation as basically anything else Chris has said here. Um, because Agreed. August 13th, 2013, DuckTales getting released, Scrooge McDuck main character, it, mm. it, that is too much to be a coincidence. Yeah, we are through the looking glass, I can see the Fnords, like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no getting away from this one. Look, you, you, all, all, all you have to do is you just gotta go, you, you, you gotta show up to the room where the fucking money is and you gotta take it from them. <laughs> You gotta show up. You gotta show up to the the fucking factories and inflate your bosses, and you will. Inflation will come down. Yeah, that's the episode. <laughs> Good work, everybody. It could happen here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. High Five Casino. Happy Pride. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. I'm here to tell you about Lambda Legal. For more than 50 years, Lambda Legal has been in court protecting the civil rights of LGBTQ plus people and everyone living with HIV. And the good news is you can help. Support Lambda Legal's work by donating this Pride Month. Throughout June, all donations up to $100,000 will be matched. To donate, go to LambdaLegal.org. That's L-A-M-B-D-A Legal.org. Help Lambda Legal remain unstoppable. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.